the journey and its adventures. The journey and its adventures. And, and we, we had started this, this, um, this series a, a while back, and, and so it, it's been really fun. It has been an adventure for me. And, and um, so, so I had written this, this quote when I started this series, and it says this, Knowing God is the main storyline of the journey and is the greatest of adventures. Think about that for a second. So knowing God is the main storyline of the journey and is the greatest of adventures. So you have to do a little self-inventory right, right here and say, hey, is my relationship with God adventurous or is it boring? It's a good question, isn't it? Because it should be the main storyline of your life, of the journey you're on, and it should be very adventurous. Because when you get close to God and you start really following God, then, then things in your life may get a little out of balance to the way you think they ought to be. If you know God's in control, you just keep on tracking. So, so here's the thing. I, I missed you last week. We got to go home and see, uh, see my family, saw my grandma, got to visit with her. She lives with my folks now. She's 93. And, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it was hard saying goodbye because who knows if I'll see her again. But you know what she said to me? If I don't see you here, I'll see you there. <laughs> so... So anyway, but, but I, I heard I left you in good hands. Pastor Steve did a, did a good job. So I wanted, to, I wanted to preach on Joseph. And so I wrote this message, and I had, when I, by the time I was through writing it, I had like 15 points. Because Joseph is a long story. And then I listened to Steve's message from last week, and he, he made fun of me. And he said, I know you're used to Jason's six points, but I'll only have three today. This, dude, you just threw me under the bus. <laughs> totally. So guess what? I got three points today. <laughs> you know, the first service had the same reaction. You're like, yeah, we're going to beat the other churches to the buffet. We're good. All right. They are elongated points. They're long points. They're like points on a barbed wire fence. They'll poke you. The journey and adventures of Joseph. And so when you hear this message today, I want you to keep in mind that next week is the second installment of Joseph's story, his journey. And so here's, here's the idea. When we look at men and women in the Bible who had amazing journeys and lived a life of adventure, we can learn something from that. There's no doubt that God put those stories of real people in a real Bible that we can learn something from. And so as we, as we think about the journey and adventures of Joseph, let's just dig in and start with his story and, and see what God has to show us today. Good? Here we go. The journey and adventures of Joseph. The Father's favor is always on the journey. Genesis 37.3, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. So here's the idea. Maybe you're at a stage of your journey right now, and you don't really feel like God's favor is resting on your life. The favor of God never changes because he was, he is, he is to come. Circumstance doesn't determine the favor of the Father. My favor will always be up on my children no matter how stupid they're acting. They're still going to have my favor. 
I can't stop having favor on them. I can't, I, I couldn't. And so here's, here's the idea. So Joseph's dad, he's old. So he has Joseph in his old age. And for some of you young fathers, listen to me. Because uh, I've raised two. Settle down. It's going to be okay. Not to ruin the ending, I think it is. Everything's going to work out, not to spoil the ending. You have to parent. I look back on and, and raising my two kids, and there's so many things I wish I would have done different. And, and they'll tell me, Dad, you screwed that up. But it's cool because we have that relationship now, right? We just talk to each other about it. Yeah, and I think the older you get, the more you just calm down a little bit, right? And then you start viewing children as such a gift from God. And so now here we have Joseph's dad, Israel. He's old. He's old. And so he has this son, Joseph, and he, he had a different kind of affection for him. So we, we uh, Raina and I got some news about a month ago. Some of you may have seen this on social media. Um, my daughter, Chelsea, is making us grandparents. Yeah. yeah. That's just weird. That's totally weird right there, buddy. Yeah, she's a little bit over three months pregnant, and um, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what to say. It's awesome. I, I tell you that to tell you, you know, I've been thinking about this grandchild. I've been thinking about this baby and thinking about, like, I don't, I'm not going to have to deal with parenting aspect of this baby. I'm just going to love it. I'm just going to love on it, spoil it, love it, take it fishing. And we're still calling it it because I don't know what it is. Right? It's going to get camouflage, jammies. Yeah. I've got all these plans. Raina and Chelsea got all the important plans. I've got the real important plans. <laughs> clicking, clicking in my mind. But, but, but the idea is, is God was, is, and is to come. And so his favor rests upon us every season of our life, even if circumstance doesn't, doesn't point to his fever. Uh, favor resting on our life. So here you have Joseph who is the, he's the golden child. So much so his dad makes him an ornate robe. If you research that word ornate, means very expensive. Something that not many people had. So you know this made Joseph like a hero in his brother's eyes, right? Yeah, right? Just hear that today, no matter where you're at in life and no matter what you're going through. God has not removed his favor from you. You are the apple of his eye. I saw a bumper sticker one time that said, I'm God's favorite. You ever seen that? And when I first read it, I was like, that's kind of pompous. But then I thought, that's true. Because we're the apple of his eye. We're all his favorite. And we can't understand that because we make distinctions between who we love more and love less. God's love is agape. It's unconditional. He can't help but love his creation, and you are his creation. So if life's not pointing to that place right now where you'd say, you know what? His favor is, is not resting on me. Can I tell you it is? And quite possibly, he's just going to work a few things out so that you realize that again, and we're going to see that in the story of Joseph as we go throughout this, this week and next week. Number two, the journey is always speaking to the future, and the future is the unknown adventure. None of us in this room right now could take a pen 
and write down what we know that we know that we know is going to happen tomorrow. You can write down what, what you think is going to happen. You can write down what you think you want to happen. But how many of you know that life throws curveballs? Curveballs, sinkers, high fastballs. Yeah, life throws stuff. At you. And so, we, but here's what we do know. We do know that God is in the future. He was, he is, and he is to come. God is in the future waiting on us. Now watch this. Joseph 37, 5 through 11. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. In other words, they already hated him because he, he got this blinged-out robe from his dad, and the rest of them didn't get one. It's kind of like getting a motorcycle for Christmas and their other brothers get tricycles. Just saying. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves were gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. So you're thinking at this point, Joseph, that's not too smart. Last thing you want to do when your bro, you're hanging out with all your bros is say, you're going to, you're bowing down. My brother would have beat me this. <laughs> and he did. I never told him he was going to bow down. He just beat me for fun, I think. So Joseph is saying, I've got this dream. And this dream is so heavy in my heart that, that I can't contain it. I've got to tell somebody. And he goes and tells those closest to him. And they say, what? Are you an idiot? See, because God is a God of dreams. God loves to put dreams in his creation's heart. And once he implants that dream inside of us, our human nature is to, yes, I got a vision. I got a dream. God's called me to something. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. But then the insecurities in us, we start going around telling people what God's put in our heart. And then they start telling you you're an idiot. And then you share it with somebody else. Uh, I don't think that's God. And then you share it with somebody. Oh, I'm not so sure about that one. Until finally we relegate ourselves to a place in our own think thinking that we forget the burning that we had in our heart when God gave us that dream. And we say, well, maybe that wasn't God. Maybe that wasn't God. I'm telling you, if, if Raina and I would have listened to people when we, we decided to come to Melbourne Beach and the Space Coast to plant a church, we wouldn't be here right now at all. And I know that I know that I know God called me here. But there were so many people along the way. You can't plant a church on the beach. You'll never have a place to meet. The pe people on the beach are weird. <laughs> I'm telling you, you'll never be able to get insurance. You'll never get people to tithe. You'll, these people, they just do whatever they want to do, and they're flaky, and they're fluffy. And I'm like, yeah, that's true, but no, they're faithful is what they are. And my people, my peeps. So, so like, I, I finally had to listen. Raina is like the second Holy Spirit in my life. Can any of you husbands say amen? She's like, yeah. She's like the second spirit of God in my life. And so she, she finally says, you need to man up. God called you to do this. We got to do this. 
if your wife tells you to man up, I mean, there's no, it's just like, that's the double dare of your whole life right there (laughs) with a cherry on top. And and so here's, here's the point. So you have this dream. Joseph has this dream. And so if you're at a crossroads right now with something God's put on your heart, and we'll look at the next part of this passage, dream again. If you've letting that dream kind of flow out and you've forgotten, see, God's in the future waiting on us. The future is the adventure. We don't know. It's the unknown adventure. We, we don't know. Some of you are about to go off to college. You don't know how it's going to be. But you know what? It's going to be an adventure. And it's going to be a good one as long as you keep God the main line of the storyline, the main thing. And so, so here, here we have Joseph. So he tells this dream. And his brothers get so ticked off, we actually rule over us, and they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Now, Joseph is evidently not a first-time learner because watch this. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. (laughs) What? (laughs) Poor Joseph. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. Oh, boy. I'm telling you, this is not what you want to do at a family reunion. Excuse me. Everyone, my mom and dad and all my brothers are going to bow down to me. Just letting you know. I have it on good authority. I had a dream. So I'm just telling you that this is going to happen. That's not going to go well. Don't do that. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? Remember, think about the end of the story. Challenge for you. As a challenge for you this week, read the story of Joseph in the Bible. Don't go buy a book called The Story of Joseph. Read it out of the Bible. It's amazing. Challenge yourself to do that this week. Verse 11 His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So you look at, here's something, here's a nugget that you can pull out of this, and they're everywhere. At this moment in time, Joseph has ten brothers. Benjamin's not been born yet. So Joseph's dream is reaching into the future. You get that? And he's saying, no, no, I see this. Because now there's 11 stars and the sun and moon that are going to bow down before me. And so Joseph, Joseph doesn't, he, he completely, God's just given him this revelation, and he's just spitting out what God's given him, and it's speaking to the future. If, if you're, you're here today and you're married and you're having trouble in your marriage, speak to the future. Forget the past and speak to the future. Go after the future. Get a picture of what you want the, uh, the future to look like and go for it. If you're parenting, uh, especially a teenager. Get a picture for the future. Speak life. Speak love. Like, get, get a picture of, of, of destiny that's out there. All Joseph is doing right here, the journey, the journey takes us forward. The future is the greatest adventure, of, of, of one of the greatest adventures of the journey because we don't know what's out there. We don't know what's going to happen. I, I keep referencing Lord of the Rings and because that book is just, those books are so amazing. 
And Frodo never knew. I mean, when he left the Shire and then he said, okay, I'll take the ring, he never knew what was going to happen. He, the, the future was unknown, and, and it took him on this amazing, un, incredible, adventurous journey. But we know the end. And see, we know the end. Right? Read the last chapter. We win. Right? If, if you've professed Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we win. This is not our home. So, so here's the idea. The journey will take some bumps and bruises. But if God placed a, a dream on your heart, dream again. Think about that for a second. Hope again. Hope is the oxygen of the human soul. A person without hope, person without dreams is a sad person. Because what the enemy loves to do is he loves to get us in the, the, just the moldrum of life. Alarm goes off, I get up, take a shower, get dressed, go to work, punch the clock. The clock says 5 o'clock, punch the clock. I go, I don't think anybody punches the clock anymore, do they? It's just a metaphor, just a metaphor. <laughs> you go home, eat dinner, watch a good three hours of TV, go to bed. Alarm comes on, get up. And if, if we're not careful, we, we stop dreaming we stop dream, dreaming about what God has for our life. We stop dreaming about new things that God has for us. We stop dreaming about maybe what next month holds. Or we stop dreaming about, hey, let's go do something adventurous. We stop dreaming about that stuff. And, and that's a sad place. That is a sad place. Because the unknown is the adventure. If I, if I woke up, you ever see Groundhog Day? Do you remember that? Some of you need to get more cultured, I'm telling you. I've told you this before. Groundhog Day. Bill Murray. Watch it. He, every day, the same thing. He, he wakes up, and the day's happening again. And it's awesome. He gets so put off with it, like he, he goes downstairs at the hotel he's standing at one morning and grabs the toaster. You remember this? Plugs it in and drops it in the bathtub. Next morning, he wakes up, and he's like, ah. Oh. The same day, over and over and over and over. And he doesn't want to live that day. How boring would it be to go to bed tonight knowing exactly what's going to happen tomorrow? There's no adventure in that. That'd drive you crazy. But how many days do we wake up and not look for God's adventure in that day thinking we know what's already going to happen? So here, here's Joseph. He's a dreamer. Side note, people hate dreamers. Complacent people hate dreamers. They resent you. How dare you think outside the box like that? How dare you get excited about something that you don't even know is going to happen? See, complacent thinkers are in this real, this, I, I call it the safety zone. And they, get out, they don't want to get out of that zone. And when they see somebody else get out of that zone, they get really ticked off about it. They get really upset. And so then they'll start talking about you. How dare you? The whining syndrome, right? It's the weed eater syndrome. Can't stand it. And that's what Joseph's family was doing to him, but Joseph dreamed again. And so now Joseph has this dream on his heart he can't get rid of. And it's not his fault. It's the providence of God that's going to lead him to his future. He can't, you can't help what you dream, right? You can, I mean, 
you can eat a bunch of pizza and maybe it will alter the dream from what I've heard. But if you're a child of God and, and you go to bed at night and you pray, Lord, please be with me tonight, and Lord, let your spirit just be over us, protect us. You can't help what God puts in your mind. You can't help what God puts in your heart. So dream again. Maybe God's put, I had a, we did a, um, a memorial service here yesterday, and, and this, this young man comes up to me. His name was Jake. Couldn't have been more than 12 or 13. And he's from out of town. A lot of family flew in for the service. And he walked up to me and uh, looked me straight in the eyes. And he goes, Pastor? I was like, I don't get that a lot. <laughs> Especially not from 13-year-olds. I said, how you doing, man? What's your name? He said, Jake. He said, I want to tell you, I really enjoyed your message today. Don't get that a lot either. <laughs> that was good. So, and I said, well, and I asked him a few questions. What do you do? You know, where, you know, and he told me where he lived. And he goes, you know, I really feel like God's calling me to be a pastor. I said, was well, that up here or right here? Tears welled up in his eyes. He said, right here. And so I gave him some advice. First was don't do it. <laughs> now, I said, well, if it's here, you just need to make sure it's there. And at some point in your life, you're going to know that you know that you know that you know that you know that God put that dream on your heart. And he said, yeah, I think you're right. It's cool. Cool experience. That's worth the whole day to me. It really was. Um, so... If God put a dream on your heart, maybe years ago, whatever it might be, go back and rekindle that fire. Stir it up. Just stoke the flames and dream again. Dream again. That's a wonderful adventure about Christianity. Is God, He was, He is, He is to come. He's in the future. He gave that dream to you for a reason. Seek Him out. Get in His Word. Stay in His Word. Pray daily. And let, let the Holy Spirit start reinventing that dream in you. Now, don't go and, and resign your job tomorrow, <laughs> please, and blame it on me. God tells you to do that. It's between you and God and your boss. I'm just talking about dream again. Take some of the shackles off. So you know what? I feel a little lighter today, and I'm going to dream some more. Joseph was a dreamer. People didn't like it, but hey. As we'll see next week, it worked out for him. Third thing, the journey and adventures of Joseph. The journey sometimes leads to dead ends and disappointments. Genesis 37, the second part of 17 through 28. Now, here, here again, this is where it, this story is really applicable to who we are as human beings. Because we're all on a journey, hopefully with God. And if you've not accepted Jesus as your Savior, you'll have a chance to do that when we're done with service today. But we're all on a journey. It's called life. And life happens. You remember that, that uh, sermon we did called Life Leaks? And I got stuck in the tent. You remember that? I had a tent up here and talked about how sometimes tents don't work. And then I got stuck inside the tent. I had to be rescued. Yeah. Yeah. I was rescued. So life happens. So you might be here today, you're like, yeah, I thought I had a dream. Maybe I need to dream again. But right now, life circumstance is not pointing me towards the fact that God's favor is on me, that the dream was real. And now 
I'm, I'm at a dead end. Our life has really disappointed me. Join the club. I know that's not going to sell many books either. Life disappoints. We do hit dead ends on our journey sometimes. But if we keep focused on the dream and the giver of the dream, we'll get through those. Now watch this. Play this out in your head now. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. So his dad said, go check on your brothers. But they saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Now, this has always kind of enamored me because, you know, they they didn't have binoculars or scopes. So he had to be within, like, 200 yards, right? So it didn't take them long to plot to kill him. Think about that. There he is. Let's kill him. Good. Seriously, like, I mean, think about it. So they they hated him, and they hated him all the more, all the way to the point, here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him, throw him into one of these cisterns, and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. So this is such a foreshadow of Jesus Christ, Joseph is, because those that hated him were now going to kill him, And they were actually saying, if we kill him, those dreams can never come true. But when God gives a dream, the enemy can't kill it. You can kill it. You can let people around you kill it. But the enemy can't kill it. So here we go. We'll see what comes of his dreams. They don't even know what they're saying at this point. They're all in a, I hate him, I hate him, I hate, we hate, we hate him. Dad loves him more than he loves us. Look at that bling bling robe he has on. Why didn't we get one of those? da 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 When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Reuben's one of the older ones. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. So he's trying to reason with the rest of the brothers. Throw him into this cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and take him back to his father. So Reuben's saying, throw him in there. We'll keep going on our journey. Reuben was going to backtrack back to the cistern grab Joseph, take him back to his father and say, the rest of your sons are crazy. I deserve a rope for this. <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you might want to write me in there a little bit more, pops. I need to be in that wheel a little bit more because Joseph was his favorite. And so, so when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe. So in other words, their animosity towards their father's favor for Joseph was stripped from him. That's the first thing they did. I hate that robe. I hate that robe. I hate that robe. I hate that I don't have one of those robes. And why did dad give him one? He stripped him of his robe. And then they took him and threw him in in the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Now, play this out. You got a bunch of brothers sitting around, and they throw him in a dry well. And so he's down there. You want to talk about disappointments and dead ends? Let me tell you how life disappoints you the most. It's when those that are supposed to love you hurt you the most. His own brothers. His own brothers take him and throw him down into a very deep hole. So, and then, check this out. They sat down and ordered pizza. Like nothing even happened. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, bombs, and myrrhs. And they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, 
what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? So now Judah's jumping on Reuben's bandwagon, but not so much because you're about to see his big plan. Come, let, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. Isn't it amazing what people can justify? I mean, they were, now, they're, now they're starting to feel good about themselves. Well, we didn't kill you. We did throw you in a hole and sell you off to a, a foreign land. But hey, after all, he's our brother. <laughs> it's an amazing story. Yeah, human, we can, we can justify some. Well, at least my kid didn't do what that kid did. Well, at least, you know what? The only, at least, the only standard we have in our life is this book and to follow after Jesus Christ. So here, here they are. Now they're, they're going to sell. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. I did what my dad said. I went to check on my brothers. They plotted to kill me, threw me in a hole, pulled me out, sold me as a slave, and now I'm headed to Egypt, which is so far from where I was raised. Can you imagine how scared Joseph was? See, we read these stories and we read the Bible, and, and we never put our... If you take the challenge to read the story of Joseph this week, put yourself in his shoes at different stages of his journey. I mean, he, he just got tied up and is probably walking behind some kind of camel to a foreign land. What Joseph doesn't know is that that land is going to lead him to an unbelievable adventure. We're going to talk about it next week. But at that moment, don't you think that he had to have thought this, this is a dead end? I'm done. My brothers, those who were supposed to watch after me and take my big brothers, take care of me, just sold me out. See, we have people in our lives sometimes that we put a lot of stock in and we trust. And then they break that trust. And through them breaking that trust, we get what I call heart disease. We get bitter. We get heart disease and then we can't trust anyone anymore. And so then, then, then we live our life very calloused and we stop dreaming and we stop thinking God has a purpose for our, our, our life. But as we, we discover the story of Joseph, this was not a dead end. It was a gateway to the dream God had given him. So again, if you're here today and you say, you know what? My journey right now is like at a dead end and I, I'm not dreaming anymore and I'm very disappointed with life. I get it. And there's not one person in this room right now that hasn't been there before. So like I said, join the club. Life will disappoint but I know this, when you dream again and you lean on God and you walk through your circumstance with God. See, the only thing that got Joseph through what he's about to go through in Egypt was the fact that he never let go of the dream on his life. That's why I told that, that boy yesterday, you just know that you know that you know God's calling you. Because there will be days when you get your feelings hurt. I didn't tell him this, but I'm telling you. There will be days when, you know, it, it looks like it's all fun and people think you only work on Sunday. And there'll be days when you, you, you know, but in my own, 
in my own, the reason I told him make sure you're called is because I know that I was called to pastor. I know that. You can never take that from me, that God put that dream in my heart. And so Joseph, I, I really believe, I mean, just think about this for a second. He's tied up, bound, headed for a place he's never been, and he's already been told. His, he sat there and watched his brothers sell him as a slave. How's that for kind of bad family manners? I mean, yeah, you think your family's done some bad stuff to you. That, I mean, maybe they have. I'm not belittling that. but So here he is getting led, shackled up to a land he's never been to. And at this point, he has to be thinking, God, I don't see anybody bowing down to me. Just saying. God, where's my dad? God, where's my mom? Because they were in that dream, that second dream, God, you know, that you gave me? They were in that. And here he's. But somehow, some way, Joseph found the strength to stay pure and true to who he knew he was. And the adventure explodes before him. See, circumstance doesn't determine this book. Circumstance does not determine God's greatness. So we have to stay true to who this book says we should be and who God has called us to be, and we leave the details to God. That's what Joseph did. Joseph completely left the details to God. And, and don't we love details? Don't we love to know how it's going to happen? God says it's going to happen. It, well, how? Well, if, he, if I told you how, you wouldn't have to have any faith. Ah, that faith word. I've told you before, I wish faith was like a one-time learning curve. Like I have faith one time and I'm done. Check it out. I just, God, I had faith. You came through. I'm done. Joseph left the details to God on his journey. And like I said, it exploded into one of the greatest adventures that you read about in the Bible. So, you feel like today you're at a dead end? Or life has disappointed you? Can I tell you God's favor is still on you? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Try again, dream again, keep going. Because if you don't quit, you can't lose. Just keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep reading your Bible. Keep praying. And, and watch God do what only God can do. I'm telling you, I'm a living testimony to that. And it, it, it will change your life. It will change your life to literally look at God's hand move over certain situations and circumstance. And then one day you realize that's not a, that wasn't a dead end. That was a detour. You know what I'm talking about. That was a detour that needed to happen. Because if it wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't be so close to God right now. So... Dead ends and disappointments. Just know God's favor is still on your life because you are the apple of his eye. And even if life doesn't speak to that today, his word does. You keep going. I tell you, life will disappoint. But I tell you, Jesus Christ never disappoints. The Bible says the only way to spend eternity with God in heaven is to put your faith in Jesus. And I'll, I'll say this, heaven's not going to disappoint. I get so put off with these people who, 
write stuff and draw pictures of heaven. You don't know. They don't know. The Bible says no eye has seen, no ear has heard the things that God has prepared for us. So quit trying to know because you don't know. Everything I know about heaven is in heaven's not going to disappoint. Heaven's going to be an eternal, magnificent adventure in my mind. I can't wait to get to heaven. I don't want to go today unless God wants me to. I still feel like I have some earthly value for the Father. But I can't wait to be with God. Heaven's not going to disappoint. The only way to spend eternity in heaven with God is to put your faith, yours. Nobody can do that for you. You can't get sprinkled, can't get somebody to say a few, few words over you and be good. can't take a class for it. It's called faith. It's a faith journey. You put your faith and you say in your heart, I believe with all my heart Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe with all my heart he was born of a virgin. I believe with all my heart he lived a sinless life. I believe with all my heart he took my death and sin on the cross. I believe with all my heart they placed him in a grave. And I believe with all my heart he rose from that grave on the third day. It's a faith issue. It's not about being perfect. It's not about anything you've done or going to do. It's about this moment in time saying, you know what, I'm going to step out on this faith journey because I know God's not going to disappoint me. Would you bow your heads all over this place? Say, Jason, that's me. That's me. I need, at this very moment, I need to start my journey. I'm so ready for a fresh start, starting point. And I know, I know that I need to do that today. I, I, I need a change in my life. And I'm, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing you in the fact that God is the change and the way to God is through Jesus Christ. So if, you, if you've never done that and you want to make a decision for Christ today, all heads are bowed, would you lift your hand long enough for me to see it and put it right back down? I don't want to miss anyone. Just lift it up and put it right back down. Say, I, I need a fresh start today. I see your hand. That's awesome. I see your hand. Thanks. I see your hand. That's me. Maybe your life has been filled with disappointments, and today you're realizing, you know what? I'm ready to, I'm ready to give in. I'm ready to take my, my hands off the steering wheel of my life and let God steer it. Anyone else? I see your hand. That's awesome. You just slip it right back down. Hey, if you raised your hand, I want to pray with you. By virtue of you confessing that, just by raising your hand, the Bible says that you're being made into a new creation right now. But I want to pray that prayer with you. And if you'd do me a favor, after service today, go out to the tent and get a Bible and a devotion and talk with someone. If you're a shy person and you don't really want to have that interaction, you can email startingpoint at thecoastlinechurch.com and a pastor will get back with you and give you some information about how to be discipled. But if you raise your hand right now, just pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me. Thank you that I'm in this room today. And right now, God, I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. I believe he was born of a virgin. I believe he lived a sinless life. I believe he took my death and sin on the cross. He was crucified for me. And I believe they placed him in a grave, and I believe he rose from that grave on the third day, and I believe he's coming back for me one day. So at this very moment, God, thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy that's flooding my soul. And thank you that I have new life. God, put people in my life that can help me on this discipleship journey. But I know that I know that I know 
as I walk out these doors today, I am changed. In Jesus' name, amen.